Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion, a number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com. The messages to the show on Twitter at GoForGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by the lovely, the beautiful, the talented golfer, model, Chelsea Pazula, who will be joining us. And we're going to talk about, I mean, she turned a lot of heads at the ESPYs. You know, a lot of people were talking about her after the ESPYs. But we're going to talk about the ESPYs. You know, and, and, you know, getting all the attention that she's – talk about all the attention that she's received from the ESPYs and also talk about her golf game. She can play a little golf. She's battling right now to get on the LB, LPGA circuit. So right now she's still working to do working on that. But we're going to talk to her. And um, it should be fun. We had a fun conversation with her. So she'll be joining us about 735. And also, as we go through this hour, I mean, we're going to talk some NBA, NFL coming up, a lot of great football coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about the presidential election as well. We'll get to there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. You know, we got an hour. So we're going to get there. So we got a lot to get to. Short time to get there. So let's get right down to it. Colin Kaepernick, um, he didn't vote on Tuesday. And there was a lot of people who did vote on Tuesday. And there was a lot of people judging by some of the protests we've seen and, you know, just some of the talk you see on social media, things of that nature. There were some people, probably half of our population here in America, were, were frustrated, none too happy about President-elect Donald Trump. Now, here's the thing. Here's my thing. You had an opportunity to vote. Voting was on Tuesday. The voting happened. Donald Trump was elected. Let's move on. It is what it is. He got uh, he got the 270 electoral votes. That's what he got. He got the 270. It's the first to 270 he got there. And so at the end of the day, 
hate him, love him. He's our president. It is what it is at this point in time. Everybody had their opportunity to say what they needed to say. And I'm one, quite frankly, who I won and I voted. But we'll get to that in a moment. But let, let me talk about Colin Kaepernick because, you know, th- this is kind of bothering me right now. Because Colin Kaepernick made the decision, decided that he wasn't going to vote. He said he's not going to vote. And so, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, well, he had an opportunity. I mean, it, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. First and foremost, most of us, a lot of us, only go out and vote during the presidential years. So every time there's a, we're voting for president, it's the time that you get a lot of people out. But people ain't voting during those midterm elections. People ain't voting during that time. No, not at all. People are only voting during the presidential election, during the time that we elect the president. So people, a lot of us, some of us, a good portion of us, maybe you're voting maybe once every four years. And you're just focusing on the presidency. But there's other things that, you know, you shouldn't you have to focus on. There are other things that are just as important. I mean, for you, for a lot of us, the local elections are more important. The local elections are more important. They are. I mean, a president can only do so much for a local election. The people voted. I mean, the, the people that you vote for in the local elections, the ones that represent your interests, whether if it's statewide or whether it's, you know, nationally, but they represent your interests. So it's probably more important than the presidential election. But I will say this. I will say this. Here's what I'll say. I think the criticism of Colin Kaepernick and, his pl- and, and, and what he's been doing in terms of kneeling and all that, I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong from the standpoint of this. There's some of you who vote and do nothing in your community. That's all you do is vote. But you ain't out there on the front lines like Colin Kaepernick, putting his money where his mouth is, saying he's going to donate a million dollars of his salary. Oh, by the way, there's a good possibility Colin Kaepernick may not be in the league next year. If you just watch the way he's played over these past few weeks, there's a possibility he might not be playing next year. Let's put that out there. Secondly, second, not only has he put his money where his mouth is, but he's out there on his bye week doing things in the community. You know, doing things in the community. That's more than I can say for a lot of you. But he's doing work in the community on his off time. During his bye week. He's doing work in the community on his 
bye week. So he's putting in that work. He's putting in that work. So he, he didn't he didn't go on a vacation. He didn't he didn't go anywhere else. But instead, he held a know your rights camp to help young African American boys who may not necessarily know their rights and, and who based off of what we've seen probably need to know their rights. So I respect him. I respect the man for doing what he's doing. I respect the man for putting himself out there because there's a lot of people who would not mess with their money and put themselves out there because that's essentially what he's doing. He's messing with his money. It's not your money, his money. He's messing with his career. He's messing with his livelihood. For himself, no, he's a millionaire. He's good for everybody else. So he didn't vote. Okay. Now, in terms of an image, you know, image wise, it might have been good for his platform. It might have been good for what he's doing. But at the end of the day, is it really the end of the world? Again, numbers show most don't vote during those midterm elections. Most don't vote. Most of you come out just once every four years. That's what you do. And so with that being said, when I see people out here criticizing Cap and and, and, and saying his message is null and void and, you know, Stephen A. Smith saying he doesn't want to talk to him anymore, doesn't want to hear him anymore, doesn't, doesn't want to see his face, it's wrong. So that means if, if you don't vote once, you're wrong? Is that what that means? Is that what that means? I mean, it's silly. Come on. Again, it would have been good for its platform just image-wise. But it's deeper than that. Deeper than that. I think that's surface-level thinking. Think deeper than that. Because most of us ain't voting. And some of us believe that our vote does not count. As he said, Colin Kaepernick says, it didn't matter who won Tuesday's presidential election. He said, quote, I've been very disconnected from the systematic oppression as a whole. So far, me, it's another face that's going to be the face of that system of opposition. Excuse me, a system of oppression. And to me, it didn't really matter who went in there. The system remains intact. It oppresses people of color. And I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily argue with that. I mean, there is a segment of the population who feel disenfranchised. There is a segment of the population who feel like their voice is not being heard. There, there, there is that segment of the population. 
and they feel like things have not changed. They feel like things won't change. And Colin Kaepernick, again, money where his mouth is. You know, he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's put this money up. He's putting his money up. Some of you don't do that at all. And most of you would not risk your life and livelihood for anybody else. Other than family. And some of you might not even do it for your family. So I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's short-sighted. And I think it's surface-level thinking. Be smarter than that. That doesn't change his message. That doesn't change what he's done and what he's about to do moving forward. It doesn't change it. So I think it's silly. I think it's, it's ridiculous. And I think people need to assess the whole situation and when thinking about this because Colin Kaepernick does not have to do anything that he's doing at this point in time. He doesn't. I want to go to the NFL and, and talk about what we saw last night. I mean, first and foremost, another, 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 another Dreadful Thursday night football game. Just bad. I mean, has any of them really been all that great? They've just been mostly bad. And I guess it doesn't help that you have the 0-10 Cleveland Browns on the schedule who don't look like they have any – I mean – I was I was going to say it doesn't look like they have any shot of winning a game, but at the same time they played some teams close, and they were up seven to six at halftime. Oh, they were they were in the game. They were in the game. But I will say this: I will say this. Just looking, first of all, it was a boring game. Ravens won twenty-eight to seven. I don't think Ravens are all that great, but. It doesn't take much to beat the Cleveland Browns. And I was looking at the AFC uh, North, and I thought that was going to be one of the better divisions in football. I thought probably that was going to be the best division of football. But the more you watch, the more you see, the more you realize that the best division, obviously, is the AFC West from top to bottom. But I thought the AFC North would be up there. I, I thought the AFC North, I thought the Bengals were going to be good. Heck, I had them going to the Super Bowl. I thought the Steelers were going to be good. And I thought the Ravens were going to be decent as well. I thought all three of those teams would be better. And I know the Steelers had some injury woes for Big Ben, but I thought they would be better. The Bengals' defense, that defense that was formidable, that was big time, that was doing some big time things a year ago, is not the same team defensively that they were a year ago. They're not doing the things that they were doing defensively this year, they're not. They're not doing it. Defensively, they have not been good. 
they have not been good. They struggle. I mean, the Bengals have struggled defensively. They really have. Bottom of the league in terms of yards per game. I mean, this is a team, what, 20, 20th? I mean, so they're not doing, you know, the teams are getting a lot of points on, I mean, a lot of yardage and moving the football effectively on them. You know, this is a team that's given up the Bengals 19th in terms of points per game, giving up 23 points per game. You know, rushing yards. You know, their teams are able to run the ball against this team. You know, they're near the bottom of the league there, 23rd against the run. So teams are able to run the ball against this team. You know, teams are able to, you know, do a lot of things against the Cincinnati Bengals team. And defensively, they're just not the same football team. And they're 21st in terms of passing yards per game. So they're not the same team. And that's just the reality of the situation. They're not the same team. They're just not. And, and the reality of it is, I don't know if they can ever be that team. And so I just look at the Bengals. I look at the AFC North. And it's a little bit of a disappointment. The, the Bengals have really disappointed me. They really have. And I, I didn't expect the Browns to be this bad. I didn't expect them to be good, but I didn't expect them to be this bad. And they're bad. But anyway, another game, another boring Sunday night football game. Let's look at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, because we had the Lions a few years back who didn't win a game. And the Browns are trending towards not winning a game. I'm looking at their schedule. Steelers coming up. You know, the Steelers, Big Ben. You know, wasn't good last week, but knocking off that rust, and maybe he'll knock a little bit more rust off before they meet on November 20th. Got the Giants in Cleveland. Cincy coming to Cleveland. At Buffalo. Pit, uh, San Diego. And at Pittsburgh. In theory, you got six games left and one, two, three, four home games. So, in terms of that, four home games, there's the possibility that you might be able to steal one. Steal one of those four home games. Whether against Cincinnati, who they played pretty tough the first time around, and Cincy. Whether it's San Diego. I didn't say San Diego beat them. And it's whether it's the Giants. The Giants, are, the Giants can be very fickle. They could be – they're bipolar. You know, they, they've always had – the Giants have always been that type of team. The Giants are the type of team you never bet against and you never bet for. I mean, you, you don't bet on the Giants at any point, any time because they're, they're just topsy-turvy. They're up and down, and they're just tough, 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 tough team to gauge at times. But – if I think they're going to steal one, I think it's going to be against the Bengals. That's the game I think they steal. I think that's the game they're going to get it. 
they're going to get a week 14 against Cincy. Now, we'll see if, in fact, that happens. But let me, let me, let me, um, let's stay in the NFL. And, um, you know, let's, let's look at the Dallas Cowboys at this point. Because they have an inter- interesting matchup coming up this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dallas coming off a dominating performance against the Cleveland Browns. But, again, it is the Browns. But they're 7-1. Best record in the NFC. You know, tied for the Patriots. Tied with the Patriots, I should say, for the best record in football, period. So this is a football team that is playing some very good football at this point in time of the year. I mean, Dak Prescott is getting it done. That offensive line, getting it done. Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott, getting it done. I mean, dude, averaging five yards a carry, you know, that's big time. 891 yards, so it might be a 1,000-yard rusher, if not after this week, definitely after next week, you know. Seven touchdowns, probably going to have double-digit touchdowns, maybe 15, you know, 15, 16 touchdowns by year's end. So he's big time. You got Dak Prescott. I mean, a guy who's only thrown two interceptions, a a guy who has 12 touchdowns, a guy who's been winning football games. Again, he didn't play well against the Eagles, and they were very fortunate to get that football game. Might want to thank Doug Peterson for, you know, not being as aggressive. But Doug fixed that this week. Last, I guess last week I should say against the Giants. He was very aggressive against the Giants, maybe to his detriment. But if we have time, we'll get to that. We'll get there. But, I mean, you look at the Dallas Cowboys. 7-1. First place in the NFC East. Looking like the team to beat, at least in the NFC East. I'm not going to say they're the team to beat in this conference. Because I feel like this conference is wide open. I feel like Atlanta could beat the Cowboys. I feel like Seattle could beat the Cowboys. I feel like the Eagles could beat the Cowboys. So it's a football team that, while the record is formidable, it's a football team, while they're they're playing some good football, it's a football team that, I mean, defensively, they're getting it done. But is, is this a team that scares you defensively? No, nah, that, that, that's not a team that scares you defensively. They, they don't scare you defensively in Dallas. They don't. I mean, they, they're playing better defensively than I thought they could and would. I mean, because if you look at this football team with Dallas Cowboys, they're fourth in terms of points per game. And, and I know it went over those, all the other defense, defensive stats and numbers with the Cincinnati Bengals, but when I look at defensive football and I look at what whether your defense is getting it done, I point to points per game. And Dallas is fourth in that number, 17.5 points per game. So this team is finding ways to keep you out of the end zone. They're keeping teams out of the end zone. And you look at the defense, and 
you, you, you see who's on that roster defensively, and you're like, how's this defense doing that? How's they doing? How are they doing that? It does help that they got a big time run game. That helps. I mean, that most definitely helps. But I, but I'm looking at this defense, and I'm like, Sean Lee, okay, Aaron Crawford maybe at times, okay. But it's not a defense that you're like. You know, super excited. It's not a defense that you're just, you know, talent-wise, you're like, whoa, this team is amazing. It's not that type of defense at all. Just not. So I'm not one of these guys. And I don't think anybody is, really, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, in terms of their – their, their defense was jumping up and down, but offensively they're getting it done. Most definitely getting it done. Yeah, they're playing some big time offensive football. I mean, not big time, but they're playing good enough, and they're running a the football, and that's big time, and that's a young quarterback's best friend. They're running the football, and when you're able to run the football. The way the Dallas Cowboys have been running the football, you're going to be very effective. And here's, here's what also helps that defense. Here's what also helps that Cowboy defense. They lead the league in time of possession. They lead the league in time of possession, you know, at, at 33, point, uh, 33 minutes per game. So when you're leading the league in time of possession, you're keeping your defense off the field. And and keeping your defense off the field, you know, you're preserving that defense and you're not putting the defense in bad positions. Also, your quarterback only has two interceptions. So you're not turning the football over. You're doing a good job of protecting the football. So when you protect the football, when, when you have, you know, high time of possession, you are – you're putting your defense in good positions. You're not putting your defense in negative positions. And you're not putting your defense in positions where they could fail. You're putting your defense in positions where they can succeed. So the Dallas Cowboys, with their running game, with their time of possession, with their offensive line, are keeping their team in games and keeping their defense off the field, preserving your defense and not turning the football, therefore not putting your defense in negative situations. And that's what they're doing. And guess what? They're doing it well. To the tune of 7-1. How about the Raiders? I mean, last week for the Raiders was like one of those games that had this – was one of those games where they showed you that they're for real. I mean, 7-2 and two at this point. You know, obviously they're handling their business on the road. You know, big-time offensive line play. You find, you got that quarterback in place in Derek Carr. You know, that you got that quarterback in place. You got your quarterback. And that quarterback is, is the quarterback that seemingly is going to, to lead this football team probably to the playoffs. 
and it's a quarterback that 17 touchdowns to only three interceptions. I mean, a big-time quarterback. He's getting it done. And you got a big-time offensive line. you got some big-time guys in terms of your skill possession guys, in terms of Amari Cooper, in terms of um, Crabtree. You know, you're, you're getting some big-time production out of those guys. You know, Crabtree, six touchdowns. Cooper, 843 yards. So you're, you're getting some big, big-time production from, you know, some of your outside guys. So this is a football team. Toys, defensively, getting better. Not great, but getting better. But it's a team defensively that's not going to be great this year. The Raiders are not going to be known for their defense this year. They're not going to be like the Broncos. But it is a team that is – Looks like they're gonna be a team that's gonna be that's gonna be there. Looks like a team. It looks like a team that is going to go to the playoffs and a team that may win the AFC West. And a team that if they continue on the way they're playing, not only will they win the the AFC West, but they'll get a bye and you know an opportunity to go, you know, you get that bye. Instead of having to go, having to win three games, you only got to win two, and one of those games is going to be in your building, guaranteed. And there's also the possibility that next one could be in your building if certain things go your way. So you got a guaranteed home game, and you only have two games to get to the Super Bowl. So the Raiders, if they continue to play the type of football that they have played to this point with the type of quarterback play that they're getting, this is a team that has a good shot to get to the AFC title game. And who knows? I mean, this is a team that plays well on the road and is looking like just the way the AFC is shaking out. The New England Patriots are going to be the team that's going to be the class of the AFC. If, if, and it's a big if, the playoffs are to end, you'd have the Patriots, Raiders, Texans, Ravens, and then you had the two wild cards would be the Chiefs and the Broncos. If the season were to end today, that's where the playoffs would be in the AFC. Again, uh, if it ended today, eight games left for a lot of teams seven for some teams. So there's a lot of football to be played. Therefore, a lot of things to, that, that are going to happen. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. But we'll def- most definitely see what happens. But the Raiders are going to be a team that's most definitely going to be there. They're big time. And, it, and we, we've been talking about the Raiders and them finally stepping up and becoming the team that we thought they would be. And they're stepping up and stepping into that team becoming the team that we thought they could be. They thought they that we thought they would be. And they are that team. We're about to bring in uh, uh, Chelsea Pazula. Uh, she is a golfer, model. I mean, she turns a lot of heads. She turns a lot of heads on Instagram. 
and she also turned a lot of heads at the ESPY Awards this summer. So we we sat down with her, we talked to her, and um, great interview, fun interview with uh, Chelsea. I mean, fun girl, you know, great story, great pictures as well, beautiful girl, Chelsea Pazula. Let's bring her in now, golfer, model, Instagram star, the one, the only, Chelsea Pizzolo. Chelsea, how are you? <laughs> Great. How are you, Paul? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on the show today. So right now, Chelsea, you are on the Symmetra Tour as you try to make your move to the LPGA circuit. How are things going for you? Things are going incredible. Um, I've been out in Scottsdale training. I'm getting ready for the Omega Ladies Masters in Dubai. Um, I just started working with Gabe Yetstead, who's a coach based out of Scottsdale. Um, and just made the switch to the new PXG clubs, and I'm absolutely loving them and absolutely loving where my game is going and just really been heads down getting ready for this next LEP event. So as you prepare for this upcoming event, do you like the way you're playing at this point? You know, um, there's definitely things that, as an athlete, you always want to change. There's always things you can perfect. But um, I absolutely love the swing direction um, that I'm heading in and where my swing changes are going. Um, I love where I'm at at this point, but I'm really looking to shoot those low numbers and really, um, you know, go as low as I can. And what that means for these next couple weeks is really playing a lot, um, playing as much competition as I can get in, as many skins games as I can play in, as many tournaments as I can play in, um, just really getting my game to that next level and that competitive edge. But overall, my game is at a really good point right now, and uh, I'm really happy with the progress it's taken in these last couple months. Now, how close do you think you are from being on the LPGA Tour? Um, you know, that's a, that's a hard question to ask um, in terms of, you know, kind of where your game's at. But, you know, it's like looking at, like, if you look at baseball, I would say I'm at, like, a triple-A level but you okay. know, to make that next step you really you really got to get there and uh you know it's anyone's anytime you step on the golf course it's anyone's game but uh you just got to really get there mentally I think my physical game is at the point that it needs to be at but I just really got to get there mentally and really um get take that step to that next level and that's really what I'm hoping for at the Omega Ladies Masters in Dubai. So what steps are you taking to get to that point mentally? You know what, um, the biggest part for me is really playing in competitions. Um, after, you know, the semester season kind of ended for me, I've really been playing in a lot of mini tour events out in Scottsdale. And um, every week I'm playing in skins games where I'm competing against, you know, guys on the PGA Tour along with other, you know, just guys out in Scottsdale who are really good. And um, just really kind of taking up their mentality and their competitive edge. Um, I've gotten the chance to play with a lot of um, LPGA girls out in Scottsdale and, um really just being around that competition and really putting myself in those situations, it's really kind of helped me take that next step to the next level. We're talking to golfer Chelsea Pizzullo. And let me ask you this now, Chelsea. You are the brand ambassador for OptiShot. Tell us about that. Yes. So OptiShot is an at-home golf simulator. And what it is, um, it's a golf mat that you hook into a computer, and then I use an HDMI cord and hook up to my TV. And... It's a golf simulator that is calibrated to your golf club, not the golf ball, which is super unique because you can take it with you anywhere, and you can either use foam balls, a real golf ball, or not even a golf ball at all. So I'll take
take it with me to hotels, um, wherever I'm traveling, kind of anywhere, and just practice on it. And it's cool because it gives you different statistics like tempo, um, swing path, club base, and distance as well. But um, it's a really cool thing. And then also an extra component to that is the season pass. And what the season pass is is competitive online golf tournaments where you can play against some friends against, like across the globe. So it's really That's competitive, cool. it's really fun, and it's affordable, which is hard to come by on Golf Simulator. For sure. So back in July, you were at the ESPYs, and ever since then, the world could not stop talking about you. <laughs> what did you do? You know what? I was just kind of went out on the red carpet, and I was me, and uh, I had a blast with all the incredible athletes, and... Um, you know, I, I, in, at the University of Michigan, I graduated with a business degree in sport management, and um, through that process, I really learned um, kind of what it is to manage a sports brand and what it is to manage yourself as an athlete and as a brand, and um, I've taken what I've learned and really tried to incorporate that into my golf career and my social media career, and uh, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to influence anyone and everyone to get into the game of golf and grow the sport in any way I can. For sure. So... The dress. I mean, you had a nice dress there on that red carpet. <laughs> what was the thinking behind the dress? You know what? I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what's kind of your image, what's kind of your brand? And I'm definitely, I embody that all-American girl with a hint of sexy. Um, I embrace my sexiness. I embrace my femininess. And uh, when I found that dress, I tried it on down in South Beach, Miami, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, when I when you try the dress on and it fits and it's right, you just kind of know it and you kind of go with it. So I found it and I rocked it and I had an absolute blast. Do you think that sexy intimidates other players on the Symmetra Tour? You know, I hope not. Um, I think each of us has our own unique brand and our each unique image and I think everybody brings something different to the table and I hope that all girls kind of embody that. Um, mine's going to be different than any other girl out there. I mean, you look at the girls on the LPGA right now. You have Lydia Coe, you have Paula Kramer, you have Blair O'Neill, you have Stacey Lewis, and every single one of them brings something different to the table. Um, and I don't think at any point it should ever be an intimidation factor or, oh, this girl's more intimidating than this girl. Um, I think we should all use what we have to bring to the table to empower other women and other female athletes to kind of grow feminism in sports and grow the game of women's golf especially have you always been you know the pretty girl the cute girl growing up um i mean it's not really i definitely have had my awkward stages in life um i was blessed with the opportunity to head down to Bradenton, florida to go to a sports academy for high school um and that was really cool because it wasn't about being a pretty girl in high school um that was more about the diversity that everybody brought to the table, and that's what was really cool. I mean, in middle school, up I grew up, or middle school, I grew up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which was definitely small town, definitely all the little drama, and uh, I never really, I love the morals and values that I got there, but I never really found my place. And then coming to IMG, embracing all the diversity and really seeing the uniqueness that every person holds—that's kind of where I found who I was, um, and I'm very thankful for that. So that's kind of where I took my foothold and then going into college I fell in love with my major I loved what I loved the golf team and uh kind of where I got my kickstart we're talking to golfer Chelsea Pizzullo 
Now, who is Chelsea Bazzullo, the model? The model. Well, <laughs> I'm a fitness and golf model. Um, I love being in front of the camera. I love inspiring. Um, you know, I'm all about being strong as the new sexy. Um, that's who I am. I love having fun in front of the camera. Some people criticize me for being too sexy. Um, others, you know, kind of say, well, if you're an athlete, how are you portraying the sexy? And you know what? I embody both. I embody being an athlete. I embody being sexy. Um, my cover is to be on the Dream of Maxim. You know, I've done some features and social media things with them and, um, you know, Sports Illustrated, but I'd love to be on a cover, and I have a couple covers. Check it out in the near future. So let me ask you this now. Uh, I, I went on Instagram, you know, at C-L-P-E-E-Z-Z-O-L-A. I, I went to Instagram, and I saw that, you know, you're pretty – you're in shape. How do you stay in shape? What's the trick? What's the secret? Um, you know what the biggest secret was? I found a couple years ago. I started. I did a um, a summer internship while I was golfing with a fitness instructor, and the biggest thing is learning about your body. I mean, you know, I've tried every single diet. I've tested, you know, pro all protein diets, all low carb diets, um, just kind of everything. Weight loss, just kind of experimenting because I'm very into fitness and very into weight and things like that and um what i found the biggest thing is really knowing your body and understanding what works for your body and what doesn't work for your body um you know i'm on the shorter side tiny i love it i embrace it but um i found that for me a higher protein higher um higher fat low carb diet really works for me i use a lot of cardio a lot of um interval training a lot of hit cardio um and then i also do some weights but the biggest thing for me is really just in finding out what works for my body, um, which is not necessarily what's going to work for somebody else's body. So I think it's just taking the time to really get to understand what works for you and kind of applying that and staying true to it. I'm asking this question for a friend, but are you single? <laughs> I am single. <laughs> okay. You know, um, right now I'm really focused on golf, and I've definitely been having a lot of fun. Um my favorite thing on a date is to go to a sporting event. So if anybody oh. asks, <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do. But I've been having a lot of fun and uh, really traveling and just really focused on golf. So it's been fun. So what do you look for in a man? You know what? You know, I always tend to go for the athletic type, somebody who's okay. very physically fit, um, into doing fun things, being social, um, someone that's smart and can understand golf and business and someone to just have fun with and just go on fun adventures. So I'm all about being adventurous and having fun at the end of the day. But at this point in your life, you're looking just to focus on the golf, focus on the modeling and just live a little bit. Yes, exactly. Um, I never, people ask me, what are you looking for? What are you looking to do? And um, I, you know, I live every day very day by day and if the right person comes along at the right time I'm obviously never going to say no to that opportunity but right now I'm loving what I'm doing and I'm really like I said looking to take my golf game to that next level and uh, having a blast with modeling and doing some really cool cover shoots that you guys have to check out coming up in these next couple months but hey if you're looking for a fun date let's go I'm all up for adventure so <laughs> let me ask you this a after the SBs and you know, after, you know, that type of exposure, did you have a lot of people sliding in your DMs after that? 
I did, I did. And uh, you know what, I have to give it props to all the men that had courage, you know, to kind of do that. And I never shame anybody, and I'm so thankful and respectful for all the fans and support that I've gotten out there. But, you know, I've had some pretty clever pickup lines, I won't won't lie. <laughs> What's the best? What's the best? One guy, I will never, it was pretty creative. He was like, you know, Chelsea, I'm really into crossword puzzles. And I'm like, okay, like, why are you telling me this? And he sent me, like, you know, the six the digits for a phone number. And it was like, can you help me fill this in? He was asking for my number. And I thought that was super clever. But <laughs> the other ones, I don't know if I can say on air. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're talking to golfer Chelsea Pizzullo. And Chelsea, you are a Michigan grad. Michigan football, yeah. big time right now, 9-0. and Possibly, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to make the college football playoffs. Do you think yeah. you guys can win it all? Hey, that national championship, isn't it in Tampa this year? I believe so, yes. Yep, and I'm a Tampa girl, so you know I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been able to. I was back in Michigan for the Michigan Sport Business Conference, but unfortunately I had to fly out that next day for a tournament. So I told a couple of the players, I said, you guys better better, better make it to Tampa because you know I'll be out there rooting since I can't come to a game this year. So they promised. So I'm, I'm hoping for it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, so far, so good for the Michigan Wolverines. Maybe not so good. I, 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 talking to you off air, and, you know, looking on your Twitter page, I realized that you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Four and four at this point. Can they turn it around? You know around? what? I don't know. You know, when we got rid of Sam Bradford, I, you know, I was a little iffy. And then those first couple games, I was diehard on the, the Wentz wagon. I jumped right on. I thought we were looking so good. And then we had a couple losses, you know, that loss against the Detroit Lions. That really hurt us. And then, you know, the Giants last week, I thought we could have a chance to come back, but we lost. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm heartbroken over my Eagles. They, they always give me the ups and downs a lot. But, hey, maybe we can come back. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. A lot hopefully. of football to be played. Like, all my fingers are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to cross those toes as well. I know. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Like you said, you said you have some magazine covers coming in the near future. Yeah. What can fans expect from those magazine covers? Are they going to be happy? Oh, yeah. I think they're definitely going to be happy. Um, they embody everything that me as a brand and me as a golfer embody. Um, they're definitely that all-American girl with a hint of sexy, and uh, you'll see some of the new endorsements I have and some of the new products I'm working with alongside uh, some of the new looks I'm rocking. So. Okay. All right. So, so fans, be on the lookout. I, I would give you her Instagram page, but a lot of you, you probably already know it anyway. But we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so go to CL Pazula. That's CL Pazula. CL. P-E-Z-Z-O-L-A. You can go to Instagram, hit her up there. I think you won't be disappointed. And I think you can go to Twitter as well. Same name, C-L-P-E-Z-Z-O-L-A. And support all the great things going on with Chelsea Pizzula. Chelsea, 
absolute pleasure talking yeah. to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Would love to do it again. Yes, thanks, Paul. You, uh, you're a great host, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Guys, have a great night. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Golfer, model, Chelsea Bazula. Absolute pleasure talking to her. Wish her nothing but the best of luck moving forward. I want to, you know, we got a, about 10 minutes left uh, in the show. You know, I had a good time so far chopping it up about, you know, uh, Kaepernick and some of the happenings in the National Football League, so on and so forth. Joseph, actually, you know what? Yeah, let's go to Joseph Randall. Uh, running back for the Cowboys, former running back for the Cowboys. Got arrested about six times, you know, just doing stupid stuff, stealing draws, you know, just dumb stuff. And obviously it's a dude with some kind of mental something or another. I mean, it's a dude who is in jail for running over people after losing a beer pong game. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. A beer pong game is the reason he got pissed, angry, upset, and ran over multiple people. Crazy. But anyway, he's still doing some crazy things. Ripping off, allegedly, the TV wall in his in jail. This was because he wanted to watch a certain th- or he wanted to watch his show. So he started acting like a baby. And he said, if I can't watch my show, he didn't actually say this, at least I don't know if he said it, but he said, if I can't watch my show, nobody's going to watch their show. If I can't watch it, you're not going to watch it. Now, Joseph Randall is in some more trouble. Maybe I see T or something. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's bipolar. Maybe he's, you know has some kind of mental situation, disorder, affliction, problem. But he needs to get the help. I don't know if jail is a good place for him, but I know he needs to get some kind of help. And needs some kind of level. He needs some level of help. And so, hopefully, he can find that level of help somewhere, somehow, somewhere. I know prison is the answer, but I know he needs the help. Interesting, crazy story coming out of um, Florida International. Florida International senior tight end, Anu Smith. Now, this guy will miss the rest of the year because his girlfriend burned his body, poured boiling water over parts of his body. His girlfriend, who was pregnant, five months pregnant, that's got to be rough, man. I mean, you got, not only is she your girlfriend, she your girlfriend, 
but she also is holding it and, and carrying your child. She's carrying your child. And she's crazy. At least she had momentary craziness. I'm not going to say she's crazy, but what she did was crazy. And at this point, she's been charged with felony aggravated battery. She's five months pregnant. Maybe the hormones, you know, got the best of her. But here's some of the story. Apparently, these two have been arguing, arguing throughout the day on Halloween. You know, I guess, you know, pregnancy is rough. You know, college kids. And, you know, she was, quote, she was extremely emotional and stressed. Oh, because she was at and had that level of stress, she decided to boil a pot of water. And, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's a guy who, you know, has a possibility at the NFL. And <laughs> even though she, he had all that going on, <clears throat> you know, she, she's, wow. It's an amazing story. <laughs> and, and hopefully it's something they can work out and work through because they, at the end of the day they got to both be parents to this child fair, unfair, whatever, whatever they got to be parents to this child together and so they got to figure something out and hopefully they can figure something out hopefully they can figure this out soon but um, you know right now She's been charged with felony aggravated battery. It's going to be interesting how this thing plays out because obviously when you're pregnant, the hormones are raging. The hormones are on another level, a whole nother level. So I don't know moving forward what's going to happen, but I do know this. I do know this. Um, it's, it's going to be sticky. It's definitely going to be messy. But I know this, you got to be careful when it comes to pregnant women. You know, those hormones are raging, things that, you know, this, that, what have you. And again, it, it could be a big part of his youth. You know, she's a young girl. And, you know, being pregnant is not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. You know, she's a younger woman. And so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how they figure this thing out. But um, I, I think they're going to eventually figure this out. Maybe we should get a level of probation or, or, or something of that nature. I know it's a felony at this point, but maybe they'll, they'll you know, figure that one out and you know, let the law do what the law does. You know, they can, um, you know, figure this whole thing out. But we'll see how they go about figuring this whole thing out. But it's a very unfortunate situation. So before we get out of here, um, we had the presidential election this last Tuesday, and you know at this point, I mean, first and foremost, let me let me be honest. I didn't vote for Trump or Clinton, vote for Gary Johnson. I knew my guy had no shot of winning, but I just didn't feel comfortable voting for Trump or Clinton. I actually. Wanted to try to do a write-in, but I really didn't know how to do it. Essentially, where I was at, it was a protest vote, quite frankly. I'm going to be honest. It was a protest vote. I mean, it was. I, I didn't think the candidates that we had 
millions upon millions of people, and we were stuck with those two. And that's not who I didn't want any of them to be president. And I didn't feel comfortable voting for any of them. But at the end of the day, Donald Trump won. And at the end of the day, he is our president. And as I said earlier in the show, I'm going to say it again. We can protest all you want. You know, you can you can scream, holler, jump up and down, you know, bang on tables, shake tambourines, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, the people have spoken. And you can say, well, he didn't win the popular vote. Well, okay. The Electoral College is the Electoral College. And until that's changed, revised, or what have you, it's there. And that's how we decide who becomes the president of the United States of America. So the reality is, is this, is this. Again, whether I wanted Trump or didn't want Trump, I got to deal with it. And so because of that, because of having to deal with it, the reality is, you know, I got to deal with it. And, and it is what it is. Donald Trump, while he's not the guy I voted for, is the president of the United States of America. As amazing as that is, as crazy as that sounds, as surprising, as, as shocking, because it was shocking. And as I was watching the results pouring in, you know, Florida, he won. Ohio won, you know, those battleground states. Ultimately, Pennsylvania put him over the top. You know, yeah, Wisconsin. And I'm like, this is surreal. This is surreal. Never, ever did I think in my wildest dreams that Donald Trump could be the president of the United States. Never. But it happened. We have to. Whether you hate it or love it, got to support a president. Got to support him. And maybe he can be a great president. Maybe he can cross the aisle and do some amazing things. Maybe this is the election that opens the door for possibly a viable third candidate moving forward. The, the party system. Is not doing us any favors. And that's just the reality of the situation. He is the president. Congratulations to Donald Trump. And hopefully he can do a great job. I want to thank golfer model Chelsea Pazula for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Hit us up on Twitter at goforitgant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Hit us up on our YouTube channel, YouTube dot com slash go for it can't like us on Facebook at go for it can't for everybody here go for it we hope you have a great weekend see you later take care
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 